It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Put name tags on your helmet so I know who you are. Well, I know you, you are. You're the shortest guy in the field. It's easier to remember. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. Now, today we are going to get to the, let's call it a necessary but evil conversation that we finally have to have. We are going to finally talk about all things Kirk Cousins. We're going to talk about his play. We're going to talk about his contract. And to help me kind of break down all this Kirk Cousins talk here, we have Steve Schaup of Fanspeak. How's it going, Steve? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course, man. I told you when we first kind of connected here on Skype, I was saying, like, I need some guy who has some rational thinking on Kirk Cousins, and I thought you were the perfect guy because on Twitter I see you talking to all the fans about the contract talk and Kirk Cousins' play, and it's it just felt like the perfect person to have on here. <laughs> Thanks. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate being known as rational. <laughs> that's, you know, that that's a big compliment here when it comes to Redskins fans is being rational, so... Take that for what it's worth there. Now, before we jump into all this Kirk Cousins talk, though, you work for Fanspeak, right? Yeah, I'm uh, the co-owner of Fanspeak. Co-owner of Fanspeak. Now, for people who don't know what Fanspeak is, can you enlighten all the listeners here on on what your site does and what it's popular for? Basically, our main thing is the NFL draft and covering the NFL draft from a different perspective than a lot of other sites. So we do have some draft content. Our main feature is our... Uh, NFL Draft Simulator on the clock, which allows the fan to pick a team. Uh, Obviously, this is a Redskins podcast, so likely a lot of Redskins fans on here listening. Pick your team, run through all the picks that they have, just to get a feel for different options that are out there. There's also a premium product where there's trading involved also to make it a bit more realistic and things like that. So that's our main thing. We also do a manage the cap simulator and a few other things as well. But the the draft product is our big thing to get people, uh, not just just to give their opinion of who they want to pick, but also to get to know who's going to be there in later rounds and, and see different scenarios and how they play out. Now, I've used your guys' site thousands of times, like thousands of times. It's it's a great site for draft stuff, but I'm going to play a little dumb here uh, just so people, again, can kind of understand your site a little better. How do you guys get the prospects like on the board? Like, like how do you rank the prospects, like who's available, stuff like that? Do you use like different people's draft boards? The Fanspeak board is my own draft board. Gotcha. And, and then we also do get other draft boards out there. Right now we have uh, Dane Brugler from NFL Draft Scout out there and a, and a few other sites also already added theirs. But I think last year, by the time the draft rolled around, we had about 20 total boards to, for people to pick from. And that way, you know, if people don't agree with the opinion on one, they can use another one. And, and also part of the premium product, they can rank their own board and use that. Awesome. So, like, for instance, if I wanted to use Matt Miller's at Bleacher Reports' big draft board, I could use that for the Redskins. And then for my next draft, I could use your draft board, for instance? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's another thing. It, it shows you different scenarios. And then you can start to see kind of, like, where the where most people see different guys and, and uh, maybe get a better feel for, you know, the consensus opinion out there. Oh yeah, for sure. So you have another addition to your site too. It's the was it build a GM or build like to go through a whole off season? Explain that a little more. 
the the ultimate GM uh, it it has the draft element and it combines it with our manage the cap element. So you do the whole off season for a team, you run through the free agency period, cut sign players. And then you go through the draft period, and that's with, uh, if you're doing the ultimate GM, the whole package, that is with the trading of picks also. So I could just realistically go through and just cut Redskins players <laughs> I don't want. I can cut Daniel Hall off this roster the second the, the offseason starts if I wanted to? Absolutely. Perfect. That, that sounds like a dream come true right there. And that, that is a, uh, that's a paid subscription right there as well? For the, the premium product or the ultimate GM, and then we have a, a combined version that also, if you don't want ads, it's a little bit more uh, to, to not have to deal with any ads also. Awesome, awesome. Guys, I'm telling you, if you are into the draft whatsoever, please go on to FanSpeak. It is probably one of my favorite sources out there when it comes to draft stuff. You can go through, and that's really how you get a lot of knowledge on players. So guys, be sure to use FanSpeak this offseason to get all your knowledge on the Redskins stuff, and kind of navigate your way through a Redskins offseason, especially now with the Redskins out of the postseason like hunt here. We can start focusing on the draft, focusing on offseason. So guys, definitely go jump on FanSpeak. Now, I didn't have Steve on here just to promote his own product, even though I do love his product, so that is one of the reasons why he is on here today. We are going to jump into some Kirk Cousins talk. Before that, though, I do want to remind you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Redskins on iTunes. We are doing great with our reviews and subscriptions so far. I think we are still a five-star podcast, so be sure to keep it up, guys. Locked on Redskins on iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so Steve, we have you on here to talk about Kirk Cousins. So first off, I just got to ask you, what's your overall opinion on Kirk Cousins, the quarterback? You know, I think when you look at Cousins and what he's done, and obviously these last three years since he's been a full-time starter is what he really should be graded on. I, I understand that, you know, he did get a number of starts before that, but these last three years are what he should be graded on. And when you look at it from a st- pure statistical standpoint, he's been a top 10 quarterback all three years, including this year, though the numbers started to fall to the bottom of the top 10 this year. And and that's in, in ev- almost every major statistical category. And, you know, it's one thing where, if you just pop one year in yards or you have a big touchdown year, but you're not doing it across the board in every single category, then maybe, you know, it's tough to say you're a top 10 player at that position if you're only doing it in one one category and not across the board. And Cousins, you know, I think you look at some of the advanced stats, the advanced metrics, not just quarterback rating and yards and completion percentage, but, or even just touchdown percentage and INT percentage, and he grades well in all these areas. But you look at, like, Things like on pro football reference, like the net yards per attempt and adjusted yards per attempt and stats like that that include touchdowns, include interceptions, include sacks even. And his numbers are really, really good. And that's not to say, even though he might rank right behind a a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady in some of these categories, that he is that quarterback. But I think it also goes to show that he's not a fluke and he's not just a flash in the pan either because he's done it consistently and he's also done it with different moving parts. This year we saw a lot of turnover. 
But even his first year, he had four first-year starting offensive linemen uh, his first year because we had early injuries to Will Montgomery and Sean Laval. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually glad you brought up stats there and you brought up Drew Brees because I have this weird comparison here. Now, again, I'm not comparing these two players whatsoever. But Kirk, through his three years, compared to Drew Brees throughout his career, Kirk has a 67.8 completion percentage. Brees, for his career, has 66.9. Kirk, for his average yards per year, is 4,493. That's with averaging out the rest of the season. Brees is 4,082. Brees' touchdowns per year is 28. Kirk is 27 touchdowns per year. Brees is 13 interceptions per year. Kirk is 11 interceptions per year. And then yards per attempt, Kirk actually beats him out 7.8 to 7.6. Now, again, I am not comparing these two players whatsoever because I know Drew Brees is a different level, but that just shows you the statistical pace that Kirk is on. He is on at the same, if not better, statistical pace than one of the greatest statistical quarterbacks in the history of the game. That just shows how good Kirk has been through his time here in Washington. Yeah, no, and I think obviously when people hear the comparison with Breeze, they they think you're anointing him to the Hall of Fame, but that's not what you're saying there. You're just putting him, how does he stack up statistically versus the best of the best? And he does very well. And, you know, there's, of course, more to it than just pure stats. But, and that's what I was also getting at, is he's not exactly had the strongest supporting cast around him. I mean, no running game to speak of whatsoever. Good receiver play last year. But in 2015 and this year, you know, I think that's a much tougher case. In 2015, of course, Deshaun Jackson missed half the year. Jordan Reed missed a couple games. Oh, you didn't have much from Jameson Crowder then as a rookie. So, and, and of course, no Fred Davis back then. So, you know, I think when you look at it, he doesn't have a you know tremendous supporting cast. And, and when you look at the whole picture, and of course, no defense supporting him, so he's not playing from ahead or anything in, in that regard. I think when you look at the whole picture, he's been really good. And also when you compare against, say, that next tier down from the, you know, the Breeze, Brady, Rogers tier, you know, the Matt Ryans, the Matt Staffords, Philip Rivers, guys like that. And his numbers are not only better than them, but also more consistent. I mean, you look at Matt Ryan, he was an unbelievable year a year ago, you know, one for the books. But the year before that and this year, he's come crashing down to earth. His numbers are far more, you know, league average than best in the biz so i think that's kind of one thing that cousins gets credit for is or should get credit for is his consistency because we don't see that from every quarterback 100 percent. i'm glad you started that conversation with his like receivers letting him down this year not playing up to par and i was actually going to ask you do you think the receiver play has really let down kirk this year oh I, you know I, I definitely think so it started from the beginning we you know josh Doxon was banged up to start the year crowder was banged up to start the year definitely wasn't 100 percent. he's gotten better these last couple weeks and, and you know i know this past week with the fumbles and all that but cousins couldn't even find him the first couple weeks because he wasn't getting open and then you of course had terrell Pryor, their big free agent signing and we come to find out week two he you know injures his foot or ankle or whatever and wasn't near 100 percent. so uh, on top of the jordan reed injury and then the last couple weeks chris thompson going down it's just been a nightmare for cousins and, and what he's had to work with yeah so i brought up the receivers mainly because dan patrick came out with a big report today saying that the wide receivers in the locker room do not like kirk cousins are you buying this report whatsoever you know, I mean, I don't know what that's from. You know, is it that? Is it one wide receiver? Is it, uh, you know, a, an agent of a wide receiver? Is it, you know, you just have no idea what that report's from. And I'm just not going to put a ton of stock into it. You know, I, I know some people want to go one way or the other on it. Honestly, you know, I don't think it's 
unless it's something where it comes down where every receiver has an issue and that goes beyond just the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight end, then, then okay, maybe you have some sort of issue. But I, I just can't see that to be the case. And and also, why would it be? I mean, Cousins has, has made these guys look better than typically are thought of around the league. So it's just an, it seems to be an odd report and an odd odd situation. Yeah, for me, the timing of it is definitely suspect. It's coming... You know, towards the end of the year when he's in that contract type year where he might walk, he might stay. It's really odd timing and I think it's I'm not gonna say it's a smear job or anything like that, but it definitely is has kind of the sense of it because the timing of it's bad. The Redskins are out of the playoffs now. He's a guy who might walk in the offseason commanding a lot of money, and it just kinda of feels like that kind of smear job type thing to avoid paying him or not paying him as much as he wants. Yeah, and that, and that's the other thing. It, might not even be from the receivers it could be from the team it could be from somebody's agent yeah. you just don't know where where it's originating from and how widespread it is you know i'm obviously not trying to suggest that patrick made it up or, or yeah. is lying or anything but you just don't know how much credit is on a story like that exactly so our last little bit we're going to go into here with kirk and his game he's been getting a lot of flack from redskins fans i know on twitter you and i see it all the time about his garbage time stats. Does Kirk put up garbage time stats? I've not seen anything to suggest that he does. You know, when when you break down his numbers, most of his production comes from the first three quarters anyways, mm-hmm. like by by a wide margin. And, and not just like obviously three quarters versus one quarter, but I mean percentage-wise, it goes beyond 75%. It's probably like 85-90% of his you know yardage and touchdown production comes from those quarters. Uh, the first three quarters, and then beyond that, you can break down like last two minutes of the game, things like that. And and his numbers, I, I looked at them versus some other quarterbacks. They're very similar to other quarterbacks. And in those situations that I broke down, they weren't times where he was down by 17 points or 20 points when it was true garbage time. I mean, you know, we're five and seven this year. How many games has there been garbage time? I mean, this last game against the Cowboys is maybe the only thing you can say, and and he wasn't even in the last drive that put in Colt McCoy. So you know there there's not there's actually not a lot of garbage time. Maybe his final drive versus the Eagles in that second game versus the Eagles could be considered quote unquote garbage time. But most of these other losses are by one score or less, especially when you actually watch the games and. You know, like that Chiefs touchdown on that trick play at the end. Obviously, there was no garbage time involved, but, you know, that type of thing. Like, the score was obviously much closer than that. And the first Eagles game, the same thing, that fumble that never should have been a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So there's just not a lot of real garbage time out there to begin with for this season. And last season and the year before, I can't think of that many games where the Redskins were down by you know two scores or 10 points with two minutes to go. I mean, a lot of times they're down maybe a touchdown, maybe a field goal, even in these losses. So I just don't see it out there. And, and I've asked people to, to find me garbage time games, and I have yet to see anybody uh, answer that. So I, I don't believe that to be the case at all. No, I'm completely with you, man. I'm 100% with you there. So last little bit we're going to talk about with his play is just a rough estimate here. Where would you rank him among quarterbacks in the NFL? Top 10, top 5? Where would you rank Kirk Cousins? I, I think he's the back end of the top 10. I'd probably put him 8, 9, 10, somewhere mm-hmm. there. But the one thing I, the one caveat I'd say with that is we also need to look at it from a long-term perspective. And the fact of the matter is most of the top 10 quarterbacks are going to be retired within the next two or three years. You know, we have, we know Eli, Rivers, Roethlisberger, that great draft class, 
they're all getting up there and, and within the next three years, I think all three are retired. I think Brady within three years is retired. Palmer as well. We could even have an Alex Smith there and Aaron Rodgers. Both of those guys are 34 years old. Are, are they definitely going to be playing when they're 38, 39, 40? I don't know, maybe. And then, of course, Drew Brees also in the mix of a guy who could retire in the very near future. So that's most of the other guys you hear in the top 10, 12. I mean, Eli's definitely fallen out of that conversation. But the rest of those guys, Palmer went healthy, and, and the rest of those guys are, are definitely top 10 caliber quarterbacks. And they're all retiring. So going forward, I mean, you have Russell Wilson. You have Matt Ryan, who you'd maybe put ahead of Cousins. Luck if he actually plays again. Yeah, I mean, luck if, if he's healthy and yeah. playing, definitely. But, I mean, he's now suffered two major injuries mm-hmm. in, in the last couple of years. So there's just not a lot out there. And uh, you have other good quarterbacks like a Cam Newton, but he's also very highly inconsistent yep. as well. So I think when you look at from long-term value, Cousins definitely rises a lot higher than a lot of these guys. And then the, the last thing is we've seen a lot of quarterbacks regress this year. Mm-hmm. James Winston, Marcus Mariota have taken major steps back this year when everyone thought that they were going to ascend to to the elite status. Derek Carter signed that major deal in the offseason. He's taken a step back this year. Even Dak Prescott, look at his numbers since Elliott went down, and we see that you know he's still a young guy learning and, and not able to carry a team on his back. And it's not a knock on Dak, but even the game against us, he completed only 50% of his passes for like a buck 25, something like that. So didn't exactly wow us. He did have a couple of nice touchdown throws, but didn't exactly shred the Redskins, uh, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad you brought up Winston and Mariota because those are two young guys that were supposed to ascend. They had more talent coming in. Mariota had Corey Davis come in, Taiwan Taylor, Eric Decker came in. They were all supposed to help him ascend, and he's regressed. And then Jameis Winston had Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, all these guys come in. And he's gotten a lot worse, where Cousins lost Deshaun Jackson, lost Pierre Garçon, didn't have Reed for the entire year, and we're still getting same old top 10 Kirk Cousins. And honestly, that is something that we really need to look at with Kirk. That is all we're going to talk about, though, with him on the field. We're going to get to the contract talk here in a second. I just want to remind you guys that we are going to have a great slate of guests next week. We're going to have Steve Seifert on Monday and Tuesday to break down some of the Chargers and Redskins and also go over some of the Redskins season to this point. And also, tomorrow we have the weekly mailbag so be sure to tune in for all those shows guys is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the big, another big discussion that we have here is the contract. Now, you can say what you want about Kirk on the field, garbage time Kirk, whatever, all your opinions, but the real reason we're having this conversation is the contract. We all agree that he should be signed. It's just what he should be signed at, what the contract should be at. So you can tell me here, Steve, because I know you've been the, again, the expert on Twitter here. Why is that huge record deal not as scary? Well, to me, it's not as scary for a couple of reasons. One, it's just the nature of the position and, and the market. You know, there, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks. And as I just mentioned, a lot of the top quarterbacks are going to be retiring. So already we don't have enough top-notch quarterbacks in the NFL 
And that's only going to get worse and worse as we move forward. So it increases the the value of these quarterbacks. And that's why we keep seeing, we saw this year, this offseason, Derek Carr and Matt Stafford both signed for the largest quarterback deal of all time. And, you know, it's just going to keep increasing. And it's going to keep increasing even for guys who have been struggling. Do we really think that the Buccaneers and Titans won't extend Winston and Mariota to mega deals when they get the chance? You know, unless a major injury happens, they're going to get paid. They're going to get money. So, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, whether it's fair or not. You know, that's a different argument. But what what it is right now is that Cousins is in a prime position to essentially demand the largest deal we've ever seen in the NFL. And But it, it's not, you know, such a terrible thing because in terms of the cap, it keeps going up percentage-wise as long as you stay under $30 million, you'll be under 15% of the cap over the next five-year time period if you add it all together. And, and as we see, numbers get shifted. You know, you sign for $25 million a year for five years. You're not going to get $25 million each and every season. It'll probably be $20 million the first year, $22 million the second year, $26 million, 20, you know, stuff, stuff like that where you help massage the cap as it goes up. And that's the thing that it boils down to is the Redskins have the money to spend it. Why would you not spend it on Kirk Cousins when when he's shown and proven to be this caliber of quarterback that you need? Yeah, that's my big thing too. Like, how much are we paying him this year? It's twenty four, right? Twenty four million. Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me that we can keep the same quarterback for numerous years of just by jumping up his his annual salary by four million a year, or you know. Average wise, like jumping up four million a year, I think that's that's easy talk. If you just, if you just explain it that way, we're just jumping up by four million dollars a year. That's what that's a that's a Terrell McLean contract right there. Per that's another Terrell McLean on the contract right there, just to keep Kirk Cousins for three or four more years. I I don't see the how hard it is to understand that. Yeah, no, and and that's a great way to look at it. I, I think uh, to me, uh, the easiest thing for me to look at though is what's the alternative. You yeah. know. Yeah. We saw in the offseason Mike Glennon get $16 million or whatever for one year. It was a longer contract, but he's going to be cut after this year uh, for almost no dead money. So, But you're going to go out next year, and you're going to see Case Keenum, if he doesn't get it from the Vikings, probably be the most sought-after free agent, assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is franchised or re-signed with, with the 49ers. Case Keenum will get like $20 million on the market, and he's having a really good year this year. Nobody's denying that, but he's also had six years of doing absolutely nothing in this league and not being able to lock down a starting job for a couple different teams. So, you know, I just think you look at it and other options that are out there, they're either highly injury prone, like Sam Bradford, who despite being highly injury prone, got 18 million a year in for the Eagles. And then the Vikings, once they traded for that deep contract, Teddy Bridgewater, another guy dealing with major injuries. Yep. I mean, Josh McCown, he's, what, 37 years old and you know he's also having like a career year and while he's shown to maybe be a passable starting quarterback he's never led a team to any major wins or, or any playoff success or anything along those lines I, I mean he even he will get a, a boost and then your other alternative is going through the draft which as we've seen is not an easy fix it's not an easy solution so you know there's major acquisition costs for a quarterback whether you're drafting a guy whether you're trading up in the draft for him or just signing a mediocre free agent why not pay cousins the market value and lock down that position and, and then the other factor that boils down to is the redskins are actually have a healthy cap situation right now over the cap is projecting them to have about 53 million in cap space next year 
something like 80 million the year after that. Sure, Cousins eats up a big chunk of that these next two years, but that's still plenty of room to play with, re-sign guys that you want, maybe sign a free agent or two. You know, you, you have to make some tough decisions, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Say what well, you said, fifty-three million. So give Kirk twenty. If you, I know it's not going to be twenty-eight million per year, but in in this instance, or what people are like freaking out about, even if you were to give him exactly twenty-eight million per year against the cap, you still have twenty-five million to work with in the offseason. That's more than enough to sign Zach Brown, who everyone's crying about, who we might lose if we sign Kirk Cousins. That's more than enough to sign him. That's more enough to go out there and sign other guys out there and extend also key guys that we need to extend like Brandon Sheriff for instance you can still extend those guys with signing Kirk Cousins because there is a lot of cap room especially if you move on from some guys that we don't really necessarily need on this team and I, th- I think that's absolutely true and one other point that I'll make is if you look around the league other teams that spend big money on quarterbacks they still have money to play with I mean you know the Green Bay Packers when they signed Aaron Rodgers he was the highest paid quarterback in the league they have you know I mean some of these guys are now retired or moving on, but they gave out big money contracts to both Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. They gave out big money contracts to multiple offensive linemen, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, you know, uh, on defense, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, I and mean, Peppers is now gone. But, you know, it's getting, at, at one point a year and a half ago, they had, you know, Sam Shields, who was a top 10 cornerback. They had Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, who were both top 10 edge guys in terms of average value they had two of the highest paid guards in the league they had the second highest paid right tackle two of the top 10 highest paid receivers in the league they're doing fine they're able to sign all these guys and the same thing with seattle they just spend all their money on defense outside of russell wilson but they do the exact same thing it's russell wilson jimmy graham doug baldwin on offense and then a lot of money to that defense of course so they're able to do it so there's no reason why the redskins can't do it as well yeah, that's actually a good point bringing up Aaron Rodgers' contract because my big thing with Kirk Cousins that I keep bringing up too is say you pay him $28, $29 million per on this contract here. It's going to be the largest contract in NFL history. Well, so was Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago when he signed it at $22 million. So once Carson Wentz gets his extension, Winston gets his extension, Mariota gets his extension, Kirk Cousins will slowly fall back to, what, the 8th, ninth, 10th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And if you look at that, in two years from now, you're paying Kirk the 8th, ninth, 10th, highest paid quarterback in the NFL, that's fine. Honestly, it's completely fine because that's what he is. I mean, and maybe at that point he might even be higher in the league for that, but you won't be, it'll be a discount deal down the road. All, all quarterback contracts are like that. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's the nature of, of the beast right now. And I mean, within the next, either this offseason or the following offseason, we're going to see extensions to Marietta, Winston, Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, definitely those five guys. And you know, Wentz and Goff, they can't negotiate until after the year three. So, you know, and, and there's a less incentive to negotiate early with the first rounder. But they'll eventually get their money as well. So, no, I mean, Cousins will fall in terms of average value very quickly with all these other guys extending their contracts. Exactly. Now, you did bring up structure a little bit earlier. What kind of structure would the Skins kind of have to do with this kind of deal to to keep cap relevance kind of for this year to in order to go out there and sign free agents and extend some some key players? Well, you know, there, there's obviously a couple different ways you can do it, and that makes the NFL a little bit more unique because you do have the carryover element, which whatever you don't spend carries over to the next offseason. And, you know, it's always good, as we see, unfortunately, this year, Redskins ate into a lot of their extra cap room because they had to sign so many guys to replace the injury players. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, they ate about $2 million more or more 
into their cap room that they would have been able to carry over if they weren't so injury prone. But, you know, with Cousins, I, you know, it all, of course, depends on what the number is. But I think I would look for next year to probably stay in line with this year, uh, 24, 25 million, somewhere in that range. Let, let's say the, let's say the average just goes over Stafford. And, you know, it's like 27 and a half million. So uh, yeah, I'd do like 24, 25 million. Cause as you mentioned, the Redskins were able to field a team with that this year. No reason why they wouldn't be able to yeah. field a team next year when the cap goes up 12 million. And then I'd just maybe jump at a million every year till the last year of the deal might be 29, you know, last two years of the deal might be 29 million. But again, by then the cap's going to have gone up 40 million. So our last little thing we're gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you here about this is what kind of deal do you realistically see here? Like, what do you think the average annual salary is gonna be for Kirk if we were to re-sign him to a long deal? Just because we've seen every quarterback pretty much jump every every other quarterback, I would say you'd have to come in right above Matt Stafford somewhere in the twenty-five and a half to twenty-eight million dollars a year. Maybe you could get him at Stafford at, at twenty-seven million a year. I. I Wish it could come in lower, but I, I just don't think that's practical, especially with the leverage that Cousins has with the third tag looming. I mean, that's a ton of leverage for Cousins. So I would guess that's going to be the range. I mean, if he hits the actual open market and the Redskins don't tag him, it could definitely well exceed that because you could definitely get into some sort of bidding war with multiple teams really getting into the mix. Yeah, definitely could, and you could see his annual salary even get up to $30 million on the open market. But it'll be really interesting to follow Kirk Cousins and all this news in the offseason. That is all we have for today's show, guys. Thanks again, Steve, for jumping on. Any last words before we call it a night? Well, hopefully the Redskins do the right thing and resign them. <laughs> I'm completely with you, man. So, guys, again, be sure to check out Fanspeak. It is a great source, as always, for draft knowledge. I, I love Fanspeak. They have some great stuff on there. So again, guys, check out Fanspeak, and remember to tune in tomorrow as we have our weekly mailbag, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.